What is Figgity Fresh, my listeners? It's your boy Edwin coming back at you for another episode of the Kruger Dissection. And today I am joined by a very special guest, and that guest is Brother Youngblood. Say what's up, man. What up, Las Vegas? How are you doing today on this fine Tuesday night? Is oh, it a Wednesday night? It is Wednesday, yeah. Dude, I wouldn't <laughs> I didn't even know. I've been good. I've been fucking skating today uh it's been a lazy day for me just you know on the computer off and on chilling with my dog all that fun stuff seems like you're having a blast just chilling relaxing you know lazy wednesday gotta take the day off to you know self-care yep right. yeah well brother youngblood aka drew which is the name i'm gonna use for the rest of this episode because one syllable is a lot easier than like five and <laughs> then 10 yeah <laughs> so drew i'm gonna just ask a few questions about you a few questions about the recent project you dropped and your entire musical journey as a whole leading up to this point where we are speaking right now how's that sound sounds good let's do it all right drew so introduce yourself you know who else who is drew what do you do and who is brother youngblood all right. Um, well, yes, I am Drew. Uh, I've only lived in Las Vegas for about a year and a half. Um, I'm kind of from all over, but I've been playing music for pretty much like my whole life. Uh, it's definitely like the closest thing to a trade that I think I have personally. And uh, I don't know. I just like to skate. I like to hang out with people. I like to make my music, obviously, and just have a good time. And you were mentioning how you only lived in Vegas for about a year and a half. What did you live prior? Before I lived here, I lived in Elko, Nevada, which is a small, t- uh, small town in northeastern Nevada. Um, it's pretty desolate. It's pretty rural. Very, uh, like country living uh as most people would call it like redneck or hick living uh that's where i went to high school before that i lived in anchorage alaska that's where i spent the most of my childhood um but i i lived uh, in a lot of different places growing up and living in how do you pronounce it anchorage anchorage like an anchor anchorage anchorage uh-huh yeah so living in anchorage nevada um a town that i've honestly never heard of before Elko, so hold on. I lived in Elko, Nevada before this, but I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. Anchorage, Alaska, and then Anchorage? Anchorage, and then I moved to Elko, and then I moved Elko. to Elko. Anchorage, yeah. Elko, okay. So Anchorage was in Alaska, and was that a small town too? No, that's um, that's like the metropolis hub of Alaska. It's It's the biggest city that's in Alaska. It's not as big as Las Vegas, but it's like, seven six six or seven hundred thousand people it's pretty decent size it's got a pretty downtown um but yeah elko nevada is like twenty thousand people and that's where i like graduated high school and after that i was like well let's get to a city where there's like an actual music scene and chase that so that's why i'm here basically and how would you describe your past living situations because right now you just said you know how you moved to vegas because you wanted someplace that had an actual music scene yeah um 
Well, Elko, um, it's, it's just a very small town. Like I definitely, I played in a couple bands up there and I definitely saw some potential in those bands where I believe we had the talent and like the musicianship to make it big, but simply just like the community resources, like the ability to play shows, like record good sounding stuff. It just, it wasn't there. And those bands kind of fell apart. Like I just had a distaste in living in that place and wanted to be somewhere that's much more popping and that has more shit going on. And that ended with me being here and them still being there. And so, yeah, I took, I took the initiative to just put myself in a place where there's, you know, like-minded musicians and creators who uh, can help me reach the goal of, you know, playing music and playing shows all the time and all that shit. And then you were saying how, you know, you had bands where, you know, you felt like you guys had talent, but like locally there just wasn't a scene going on. There wasn't resources. What bands were those? Like what type of music did you play? And how did the scenes work out there in like a town versus a city? Yeah. um, This first band I was in, I moved to Elko when I was a freshman and almost immediately met these guys. And I was a big drummer at the time. I played drums a lot. And so it was this band called My Demise. And we were like a metalcore band, like kind of pretty riffy, like breakdowns, asking Alexandria type vibes, very, you know, 2010s metalcore era type shit. Um, we, we were really good in my opinion. We released an EP and... I really liked everything about the EP. Like the production was so-so, but the EP itself was great in my opinion. But, and we we played like four or five shows total over like two years. And the majority of them were at my high school. Like we would play at assemblies. We'd play at like school dances, like in the parking lot. And it was like fun shit for sure. But it was kind of just like, music that was falling on deaf ears because it was just kids who were like living small town lives who don't really like they're not like vegas kids they don't hype up bands they don't support bands as much you know and that was like the band i played it in high school and then after high school i graduated i still lived up there for like two years like moved out got a place and i was playing in this band called sky drifter And that was like a much more like traditional rock band. And in that band, I played lead guitar. And I really loved playing with those guys. Like each, (laughs) every one of them had like 10 years on me. Like they were all a lot older than me, but they saw my potential and they loved me and like welcomed me in with open arms. And I especially got to give a a shout out to the drummer of that band, Ryan Castle. Like he, he recorded like some of my earliest stuff for free just cause like he loved me as a person and a musician and he's like my older brother. Um, but it was the same kind of thing. Like those guys had jobs up there. They were, they were older, like girls, they had, they had girlfriends, they had kids, like they were living their lives and I'm like, I'm young, dumb. Like I want to go out and explore the world. And so it, yeah, it took me uh, moving out and coming down to Vegas to pursue that more. And then are you still in contact with the guys that you were close with? Oh yeah. Big time. That second band sky drifter. I talked to that dude, Ryan, like very often. 
and we always talk about new stuff to do and everything. And he's actually having me look around to book a show for him down here in Vegas, which probably be like Eagle Hall or fucking, uh, you know, Legion or some little venue like that. But yeah, I keep in contact with those guys, the band from high school, not really as much. And actually Caleb, who I, th- I think, you know, the, his handles like dark Lord of metal. Do you know that dude? Yeah, I know him. Yeah. He was the, he was the lead vocalist for the band I was in, in high school for my demise. Oh and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, he's like one of my oldest friends and I was like, bro, like he was living in Texas. I was living in Elko. He wanted to get the fuck out. I wanted to get the fuck out. And I was like, dude, like, let's, let's hightail it to Vegas. Like, let's go fuck around in Vegas. Like, see what we can do. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely been an experience for him for sure. And for me too. And we've, uh, released a, a little more, a couple more things together and, uh, still keep in contact as friends. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy he's down here with me. Like he's, he's a fucking, he's a homie. And with you and Caleb, you know, being in a band together in high school, what was it about Vegas that really intrigued the both of you and, and, and was like, this is the place to go to? Well, I told you how I moved around a lot. I, I actually lived in Vegas for like two years when I was like a preteen from when I was like 11 to 13, I think I lived here. And Josh, like we vaguely knew each other from middle school, but uh he like reached out to me basically and was like oh your shit's dope like let's kick it or whatever and what followed with that was like bro like there's there seems to be a scene down in vegas and also like it's just i I was living in nevada and it's still nevada like it just kind of made sense to come down here with him and it's approximately to la like you know it's it's a great place to be so you, Caleb and Josh, you guys, all three of you guys go way back. Well, me and Caleb separately do, and then me and Josh separately do. But when when we moved down here with Caleb, like, I introduced him to everybody, basically, and, like, got him a little bit more involved and myself a little bit more involved. Um, and Josh, like, definitely opened the door for all of us. Like, I probably wouldn't know you or Symptom or, like, any of those guys if it wasn't for Josh, so... Big ups to Josh for just like, you know, getting me and Caleb out and being like, bro, you guys, like everyone needs to meet these fools. Like the shit they're doing is great, you know? So yeah, Josh is like the real OG with like just the connections in Vegas and everything. And that's, you know, a big thing about the scene here in Vegas and just Vegas as a whole. It's very much one of those, you somehow know somebody through another person type thing with like Vegas being a small city and the scene being even smaller with everybody knowing everybody through some sort of way. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And then with you, you know, doing bands in high school and you like already like knowing in high school, like, hey, music is what I want to chase and I need to make this my life. And in order to do that, I need to move to Vegas. But I'm curious, in order for it to, in order for you to realize that you, you want music to be a dream, First of all, you, you need to start playing music. So what was like your first exposure to music? Not even in the playing sense, but like in the listening sense, like what type of records did your parents play? You know, what were your influences growing up? Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, I come from like a very musically inclined family. 
So when I was probably like six or seven years old, um, up in Alaska, like my parents had me on piano lessons, like at a very young age. And so I was doing that as a kid, like growing up and it, it very much like felt natural instantly, just like fucking around on the keys and like hitting, you know, notes and stuff. But from that, like, I also like, <laughs> I grew up a lot on like 70s and 80s, like classic rock and even very much so even 60s classic rock. Like my dad is a, like he's a, he's a 70s kid. He played in like all these like 70s bands when he was growing up. He was a drummer in like a couple bands. And growing up, he was just always playing like just cool shit that I digged like as a little kid. Like he played all this old like 70s, like progressive rock stuff that I just thought was amazing. And like, I didn't even realize at the time that it was like outdated, you know, that it was like 30 years old at that point and that there was new stuff from there. So, but I mean, like, so 70s and like 80s stuff was really my bop, like as a kid. And then when I was like a teenager is when I started getting into like more modern era rock and metal. Um, but my dad was a huge like progressive rock fan. And I think that's definitely like carried on into like what I like to do. Cause as you've probably heard, like all those songs off of social, social situations are like pretty goddamn long. <laughs> And I just like that aspect of music where something just doesn't end. And my dad definitely like introduced me to that. And with your dad being a big influence, like on your music, your listening habits at a very young age, because prog rock, like you said, the songs are usually long as hell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned how your parents had you, you know, do piano lessons. And right now would be a good time to say how, as far as my understanding goes, you play like every instrument on like your on your songs. Yeah, that's right. So you are obviously a man of many talents. So, mm -hmm. you know, with piano being already answered, like when did you start picking up drums and start picking up guitar, bass? Yeah, um, well, I definitely credit piano towards like opening the door for all those things. Um, the first time I like really started to try to play guitar was when I was like 10 or 11 years old. Um, my mom just showed me like the, like three chords on guitar. And to me, just three chords were like mind blowing. Cause I mean like, bro, like I've always like looked up to rock stars, like Jimmy Page, fucking Eddie Van Halen, like dudes that just ripped the guitar. And to be able to like learn it pick it up and like learn something on it was just absolutely mind blowing for me. And so my mom, like she knew like some folk songs, like John Denver type shit on guitar that she taught me. And from there, um, it, like I was very much self-taught with just figuring out chords and figuring out notes and scales and everything like that. But like, the piano lessons definitely helped because I knew scales, I knew chords from piano and all it was, was, was just transferring like the audio of what I remembered from piano onto guitar. Um, drums was like a pretty different story. We never like had a drum set around really growing up um, until I was like 12 years old where my dad, how I mentioned, like he was a drummer. 
And when I was like 12 or 13, like me and my mom, my brothers, we all decided to just like get him a drum set for Father's Day, like just for his fun. And so at that point, like we had a drum set. I was also very especially turned on to playing drums because like you see dudes slam the drums and it just looks like the funnest thing in the world. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, so I just like picked up sticks and like started fucking around and like hitting shit. And that was, yeah, that was when I was like 12 or 13. So through my like teen years and like preteen years, I always had like both to just jump back and forth on and like try to develop, you know, the skill of like, playing fast shit on drums, like playing like Green Day, Blink-182 stuff that I grew up on on drums and then playing cool shit on guitar. And like a lot of my early guitar stuff was like the Beatles and like Led Zeppelin and old 70s stuff. And then as I like grew and was like in my late teens, like 16, 17, 18 is when I was like really into metal and like decided to just turn a new leaf and try to like go crazy with it and play like fucking blast beats and crazy shit on guitar like they do in metal stuff so it just developed over at this point like a full decade of just playing both and jumping back and forth and like playing drums in a band playing guitar in a band uh yeah it's just a fun thing to have like having both in the house and then just yeah jump back and forth on it it is very interesting to you know see you like grow your musical talents, stretching out to other instruments, not just sticking to one. And also, like like you said, like your also your music taste and your music influences growing as you age, starting with like classic rock when you were younger to Blink One Eighty Two, like pop punk stuff, and then from like metal, hardcore, blast beats, three hundred beats per minute, you know, <laughs> crazy fast and intense shit. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, um, from my listen to your record, One Sitting, I could definitely hear all the different influences. For example, if I remember correctly, it's the Council of Comfort, where it's this, I feel like there's like a little like smooth jazzy part, and then it goes straight to like a breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it jumps around a lot, for sure. But that also takes talent jumping around in a sense that it fits well and, you know, actually makes sense. And obviously that takes a lot of talent, a lot of practice. How long have you been writing songs for? Yeah. um, I don't really know. I mean, it dates back pretty far, honestly. Like the earliest thing would be me and the two brothers I grew up with we had like a little three person like family band and it was like before we ever had a drum set, like I'd be throwing together like cardboard boxes and shit and wail on them with like kitchen spoons, like the most fucking like ghetto ass way of throwing a drum kit together. And the three of us would uh, like sit down, throw together like a three chord chord progression, throw like dumb lyrics over it and just like basically jam. Um, but like I really started seriously writing music around 14, like just on GarageBand, like I figured out a way to like plug my guitar into the computer and just like record ideas on guitar. And, uh, you know, obviously I had a little like drum know-how, so I would just program stuff on the drums and uh, record like the shittiest vocals that you ever heard. <laughs> But that was like a long time ago. And 
since then, probably after I quit that metalcore band I was in in high school is when I decided to like pursue the whole solo career type of thing and just like make my own music completely. And that's where like some of my earlier earliest work came out. And a lot of it was like pretty goddamn like dark and heavy because I was really into like deathcore, like crazy shit. But I mean, that's been years since. And since then, it's, yeah, just developed into like the prog shit where there's like a little bit of hardcore breakdowns, a little bit of rock melodies and ballads and, you know, just, yeah, different stuff that I like to write. And with you, you know, starting your solo project, like after high school, like around after you quit the metalcore band while you're still in high school, what does like the name Brother Youngblood originate? Because it's a one of a kind name and I think it's really dope. Oh, thank you, dude. I'm, I'm glad you think it's cool. Um, it has kind of a kind of a weird genesis. So I was raised Mormon and my older my next older brother, Spencer, he was serving a mission like as a Mormon missionary in North Carolina or something. And so with that, like he was only allowed to email us once a week. And so we'd like email back and forth every week and he would have like family emails that he'd just send out to the whole family, like in a big chain. And like another thing in the Mormon church is we call each other like brother or sister and then our last name. So like, I'd be like brother Debenham which is my last name, like in church. And he was on a mission and teaching someone named Brother Youngblood, like some guy whose last name was Youngblood. And I just read that in an email that he was teaching someone named Brother Youngblood. And it was right around the same time I like started doing my own thing. And I was like, I was already trying to figure out a name and I couldn't decide on anything. And I don't like, like, I I second guess everything I come up with. So this was like, this had been come up with for me and I was like, Oh, that's fucking dope. I'm just going to, I'm going to use that. Like it kind of has a cool ring to it. So yeah, I'm glad you like it. It has a pretty weird, uh, like story behind it, but yeah, that's the story behind it. Mormons great for multiple marriages and really cool uh, musician names. Apparently. Yeah. Straight up. (laughs) And then with brother Youngblood, you know, coming into, existence the name you know you working on music from what i could find like one of your earliest releases was on soundcloud which was two songs uh distract and i don't drive and you don't dance yeah yep that is some old shit and you know i'm looking at it right now distract has over a thousand plays which is insane considering that seems to be the very first one you uploaded it was, yeah. It was the first song I ever uploaded on any sort of public platform. It was the first thing that was like 100% me. So what was, what was your like writing process for, you know, those two songs? Because they seem to, you know, be together having the same image, the same cover, right? And because I want to compare it to back to when you first started to recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I mean, the writing process for those, it was very much emotionally driven. Like I was, I was a depressed teen, like everybody else when they were like 16 or 17. And those songs are like seriously old. Like they go way the fuck back to like girls I was talking to when I was like 16, you know, or 17. But yeah, they were very much inspired by like right and wrongdoings as, as a teenager. 
and indecision as a teenager, like basic fucking anxiety shit that everyone goes through at some point in their life. Um, but those were the, those were the first two songs I started working with, with, uh, that guy, Ryan from sky drifter. And I would like reached out on Facebook. I was like, does anyone just know any producers that I can like work with in Elko? And everyone was saying this guy. And I sent him those two demos because I had my own like very rough demos of those songs. And he was like, yeah, let's like fucking record these, dude. And so they they don't sound like half bad, in my opinion. And that was very that was just all from his like good heart and uh, just embracing like me, my musicianship because he, re- he really liked those songs and was like, bro, like this needs to be out there. But the writing process was just yeah it was like it was like when i first bought a seven string when i was like 16 and i was all fucking hyped to like write crazy shit and like get as prog as i want and not have like anyone else in a band to tell me like no that's like too fucked and so that's just like the natural thing that i started writing like once i fully embraced my own musicianship and like didn't feel the need to like rely on anybody really so with you talking about you know um writing those songs during your teenage years when in your own words you were a depressed teenager and you were dealing with anxiety second guessing yourself and even looking on like your twitter feed today it seems like mental health is something that you have you know been dealing with for quite some time now and how does that impact you as a person and you as a musician because i know it comes with a lot of self-doubt a lot of second judgment a lot of worries anxieties and it's very much a challenge to have to you know chase your dreams but also have this voice in the back of your head always like pulling you down yeah um i think it's like definitely greatly affected my music like first of all the music i write um like i don't try to like censor myself with just what i'm feeling like because that's what it is it's just it's just like me expressing myself, you know, like any artist, it's just how you, it's just how you express your emotions and what you're dealing with is like through your art. And, um, a lot of social situations is pretty goddamn fucking sad. (laughs) And I don't, I don't really know like what to say rather than just like my music is just a, a direct result of like what I'm feeling and yeah, that's about it for that so you would very much say that music is a personal outlet for you yeah definitely and you know with time uh, passing by since your teenage years since uh your release of distract and i don't drive and you don't dance wait off topic question so did you not have your license at the time no i had my license I was, I wrote those like before I had them, but I started tracking them when I had them. So yeah, I was able to like drive my drum set over to the dude's house to record it. (laughs) (laughs) So you do drive then. So is that false advertising? Cause you know, I I could sue for that. Yeah. You're talking about the song name, the, the name of that song. Like I don't really say that anywhere in the song except for the very end. And it's just like a chant, but like the name of that song comes from some old ass, like country movie that my mom was watching on like the Hallmark channel where they play like notoriously very old movies. And it was this scene where this like wife who has like an alcoholic abusive husband, 
he's like in a car and they're in the middle of a dirt road somewhere like an old ass car and she like took his shotgun and they were arguing and he was like you're you're a fucking dumb bitch like you don't even drive or whatever and she was like well i don't drive and you don't dance and then she blows a hole in his head with the shotgun and i was like that's fucking sick i'm gonna <laughs> like name that something that is pretty badass yeah <laughs> so now i would like to compare your first releases to your mo- most recent release and a release that i really enjoyed it was such a fucking thrill listening to it i loved it your latest album your four songs 31 minute long album social situations yes sir (laughs) featuring such songs as my absent classmate hot embrace council of comfort and the title track social situations yep so when did this you know, um, album start getting written and what was your thought process going into it? Were you thinking, okay, this is going to be an album or were you thinking, hmm, maybe this could be a single, but then you know, one song came after another and you were like, nah, th- th- these all come together pretty well. That's a, yeah, that's a great question because there's like actually a lot to that. Uh, Council of Comfort, I first wrote that when I was like 17 and that was one of the songs that I was thinking of recording along with Distract and I Don't Drive but like it was just like too much to like record all those songs and so that one I've been sitting on for that long for like four years. Um, My Absent Classmate as well, I wrote that when I was like 18 or 19 and they've just been songs that I've like had under my belt for a long time. Hot Embrace is i think the most recent one and i think that one really showcases my writing style and my musicianship like as of recent the best but also social situations is another like fairly new one that i started writing when i was like 20 and it's that one was several months in the making because obviously it's like super long but that one like just started off as me like writing just recording like random riffs and shit and then what ended was like yeah like a 12 minute fucking song with like all all sorts of shit but uh i was just really hungry to like put something out like some sort of ep or album out and i was just asking around las vegas like who's the dude to record with and everyone was telling me second born sound and he is definitely the dude to record with like jonas is a fucking great dude like the most knowledgeable producer I've ever worked with. He is really talented, like behind the keyboard. Um, and he's a great musician too. He fucking shreds the drums. Like he knows what the fuck he's doing on guitar. And he's, he's really just like one of my favorite people out here. He's the dad of uh, Caleb from Glee club. So yeah, he's like, he's been in this Vegas scene like forever. And he records a lot of different bands out here. But yeah, everyone was like, go to Jonas. And I had a meeting with him. I was like, I want to record like four or five songs. Like, I don't really know which ones, but like, I'll figure it out. And so I just was like, what four songs that I have do I like want to record and put out more than like any of the other random little demos I have? And like, those four were the ones that just stuck out the most. And Social Situations, the song itself wasn't anywhere near done when I decided to do that. Like, I didn't have any of the lyrics written or melodies, like vocal melodies. None of the vocals were written at all while I was recording the other three. And so the other three got recorded 
And then it was like, well, let's get this fucking, these lyrics on this other one. And uh, I ended up producing it myself. Jonas did the, he like mixed the drums and he did an amazing job. But it was like becoming like too much for me financially, as much as I wanted to just keep paying him to like do it all for me and make it sound amazing. Like I was like, I simply couldn't like afford to keep going that way. And so I decided to like self-produce it. But yeah, he makes the drums. He recorded the vocals on My Absent Classmate and Council of Comfort. And basically like all the screams except for in social situations. So like his effort definitely helped make the album what it is too. And with the album releasing and these four songs being out in the world, how have you, you know, felt like actually being able to get these songs out since you said like they've been in the works or in the vault for about four years? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I like was really hesitant towards letting them out because like everything I've released before, like the lyrics weren't really as deep and personal to me. But in these songs, like it's pretty much completely emotionally naked. And I was like scared for people to see that side of me, I think. And that's probably why it took so long for those songs to come out. But eventually, I'd, you know, it was just like, fuck it. They need to be out there. Like, what the fuck am I doing if I'm not putting my music out for people? And, but the reception of them has been great. Like people love them. Like people identify with the lyrics. Um, which is really like a blessing to me to know that like I'm positively affecting somebody, which is really like the only reason I've ever wanted to be, you know, wanted to pursue music with the shit I write is just for people to like identify with my lyrics and find their own, you know, solace in them, which like my close friends and people that really listen to it and like know who I am as a person, like those people love it. And that's like, everything I could ever ask for as a musician. So it, it's been great. Well, I'm glad to hear that it's been great. Glad to hear that the release has been amazing. You know, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I, you know, I can't wait to see, you know, how this evolves into your, your next release. Yeah. Thank you, dude. I'm really excited too. And with you, you know, welcome to Jonas, you, you know, um, knowing people in the scene, you've done a few, a few shows, out here that I can recall. Um, I know you filled in for Heart Flip on the bass before. Uh-huh. And I was wondering, you know, what has it been like finally like being a part of a scene that you were searching for and you wanted so badly that you moved to a completely new state? Well, yeah, it's been really interesting because like when I first moved here, Josh's old band, Model Citizen, um, there was a time where I like fronted that band on vocals, which was like so much fun being like the, a front man for a hardcore band. Like that was fucking awesome. And there was another time where I like played drums for model citizen and Josh like refronted the band. Um, and then yeah, filling in for hard flip on bass, like those, that alone is pretty much my only exposure to like playing shows in Las Vegas. So I think I still have yet to experience that fully because I'm still in the process of, getting my own members together for brother Youngblood, Cause I like, I don't want that to be a solo project. I want it to be a band. Like I want to have dudes with me up there. Like I want to have a drummer that's far better than me to like play that shit and a bass player that's far better than me. 
and that's like slowly slowly in the works like i have a really good friend who plays guitar for me and i played guitar in his band we did some shows Seviel, if you've heard of that that's like another little project out here that i play guitar for and played a couple shows at um but yeah i'm like still i still have yet to play my own show to las vegas that's like these songs and just like drew music that or like when that happens i'll know that i'm like a real part of the scene and that people can like know me as the musician i am and not as someone playing in like someone else's band i understand what you're saying and i, I get what you're saying and you know uh with covid you know getting better getting back on the track recently the governor announced june 1st everything should be back 100 percent. so hopefully hopefully we could finally get the renaissance of music that we've so desperately been wanting with bands forming shows coming back tours you know going all over the place all over the states you know what, what does the future look like for brother youngblood well yeah i saw that that june 1st everything's opening um so i think that's my new deadline of when i have to have these members together um because more than anything i just want to play these songs live with a full band setup and so that's like pretty much the only thing i can hope for and like hope for my future as a musician is that I can like get dudes together and we can just like stomp out a set list and fucking rock a venue. <laughs> so it, the day that happens is the day like I'll be content with the uh, with like my music career. That's awesome to hear, man. I I can't wait, and I'm very much excited for you. Yeah, thank you, dude. Thank you. Appreciate your support. Of course. And, you know, Drew, a.k.a. Brother Youngblood, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So, you know, is there anything else you want to mention before we leave? Where could people find your social media? Where can they find your music? All of that stuff. Plug whatever, whoever you want. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, Instagram, Brother Youngblood. Music Instagram, Brother Youngblood Music. Uh, YouTube, Drew Debenham. Lots of lots of videos and shit there. SoundCloud, Brother Youngblood, lots of like weird shit on my SoundCloud. Um, and of course Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, Brother Space Youngblood. Lots of lots of fun shit on there. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Well, Drew, you know, thank you so much for taking time every day to do this interview. I really appreciate it. And it was really cool talking to you and getting to know you. Yeah, you too, man. You, you fucking killed it. Great interviewer. You exceeded my expectations. Thank you very much. I try my best. Yeah, dude. Good job. Of course. Well, thank you, Drew, and I'll let you go. Have a yeah. good night. Yeah, you too, man. See you later.